Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. All right, my friends, welcome to another episode of Growth Mindset University. I have a very special guest today, and his name is Jeremy Ryan Slate. He's the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, helping people to create life on their own terms. He studied literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned new media entrepreneur. He specializes in using podcasting and new media to create celebrity and was ranked number one in iTunes' new and noteworthy podcast and number 26 in the business category. His podcast was named one of the top 26 podcasts for entrepreneurs to listen to in 2017 by CIO Magazine and Millennial Influencer to follow in 2018 by BuzzFeed. He's also a featured writer for Influensive and Business.com, some awesome publications. After his success in podcasting, Jeremy and his wife started Command Your Brand to help entrepreneurs get their message out and build influence by appearing as guests on podcasts. Jeremy Ryan Slate, welcome to Growth Mindset University. Hey, what is up, man? How's it going? I'm stoked to be hanging out with you here. Yeah, man. Love the energy. I've been watching you from afar for many, many months now. You've been to me, like a celebrity of your own. I've loved your content. You know, I remember a friend a little while back, she's like, should I connect with this person on LinkedIn? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, Jeremy Ryan Slate, he is someone you want to connect with. He's someone I want on my podcast. I got to ask him. I got to reach out to him myself. So Jeremy, it is a pleasure to have you. And so you were a history teacher, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's and it's funny because like you use my middle name. The only reason I do that is because there was another guy with the same name, but you know he's dead now. So now I'm trying to outrank him at Google. I finally just bought his website. Uh, the only time I ever heard Jeremy Ryan Slate is when my mom was really angry at me as a kid. Um, so now I hear it because I guess it's a cool thing. Um, but I was a history teacher for two years. I taught the high school level. I taught sophomores, which is kind of like they're not freshmen, so they're not scared anymore. And they're not juniors and seniors, so they don't have to care about getting to college yet. So they're just really cool and they don't give a crap. Um, so that was a really, really um, awkward, weird experience for me because I came from somebody that my intention was to go into higher education. I actually have my master's um, in early Roman Empire propaganda. That's apparently a thing. Um, I wouldn't recommend going into that. There's not many jobs in that market. Um, I also studied uh, literature at New College Oxford. My intention was to be you know, kind of this scholar and it didn't really go that way. Why did you stop being a history teacher? I was miserable. I just, I wasn't very happy. Um, and an opportunity came my way at that time for um, starting my own network marketing business, which if I didn't know what that was at the time. So like you could have told me that we were going to go collect garbage and we'd make a whole bunch of money. I'd be in. Um, I just was not happy in my job. I was not doing well um, at that time when I was 24. My mom had just had a stroke. So that was super, super difficult on myself and my family. So I just was not in a very good space. So I jumped on the first opportunity I found and I saw this presentation video and I thought it was gonna make like 
a million dollars in like the next six hours. Um, and it didn't really work like that. Um, and I did that for a few years. I'm no longer doing that, but that was enough to get me out of what I was doing. It was kind of like a pattern interrupt for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a lot of people with network go into network marketing. You could tell them you're going to collect garbage and they'll go into it. Now there is a right way to do it. And there is a wrong way to do it. I have people that are very close to me that do it. And mm -hmm. I, Give them that respect. Well, so some of my best friends like? are highly successful there, man. It's just like, it just wasn't for me. I guess it wasn't my jam, you know? Definitely. So moving along, then you start the podcast. Why did you start your podcast? Um, Kind of like a last resort whim type of thing. I, I didn't really know at that point in time, like what I wanted to do. I had been... I had done the network marketing thing. I had made a little bit of money. I had sold products on Amazon. I had sold life insurance, which that's a fun thing, man. You get you you go to an appointment every day telling somebody they're going to die, and now they have to buy this thing because they're going to die. Like, dude, it's depressing. So I did that, and I did all these things in like the period of a year, and I was just kind of like at my wits' end. So I started a podcast called Rock Your Life, and I decided like I was going to be like a life coach. It was horrible. It was like the worst thing you could ever hear a human being do. I got like a hundred downloads in like two months and I quit that. And I actually ended up going and working at a friend's marketing and web design firm. And I taught myself uh, HTML and CSS and stuff like that from YouTube videos and, and learned some digital marketing tricks and stuff like that. And I was then working on her clients. And during that time I got married. Um, I spent a month abroad in Peru where I did uh, this thing for Rotary International. I went around and spoke to like 30 different Rotary clubs. And it was kind of enough to get me out of that space. It was kind of enough because I had some income. So I wasn't as dependent on what I was going to create. And then I was like, well, how am I going to give back? What am I going to do for myself? And selfishly, I started Create Your Own Life as a way to really, I guess, enrich myself. But because I approached it as the ultimate student, I was really able to talk to a lot of high-level people, grow very, very quickly, and really give others the information that they were looking for, which is really, really cool. And I've been able to continue asking questions and doing interviews and things from that viewpoint of that guy of how do I make it go right? And I think that's why I've been able to communicate to a lot of people that still follow me to this point. Well, I want to go back with your first podcast, mm -hmm. Rock Your Life. What were oh, some it was of the bad, pitfalls? Man. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. You know, a life coach trying to be a life coach without any real experience, right? Yeah. Was that the main pitfall? Were there any others? So it's it's kind of like, like if you take a piece of crap, there's a whole bunch of different things you're gonna find in that crap that are wrong with it. So we had this we had this piece of crap, which was the podcast. And first of all, the the I made the cover art in Microsoft Paint. Um, I don't know how many people knew, still knew that was around, but it is. And I and I made the cover art in that. I've since learned to be really good at Photoshop, but there was that. Um, I did an interview here or there, and they were okay, but they looked more like interrogations because I show up with like 30 questions. And most of the episodes were content-driven, but the content sucked. It was horrible. It was me without a microphone, talking to my MacBook for 30 minutes, 40 minutes sometimes, just kind of droning on. And you get to the end and you'd be like, what the hell just happened to me? So it was kind of this just total absolute mess. And I didn't know why I was doing it. I was doing it more to serve myself. I wasn't really doing it as a professional because I'd miss episodes. I, you know, the episode quality was horrible. So it just, it wasn't very good of a final product. It didn't really help anybody. So it's obvious that nobody listened to it. 
And I think that was the difference between my first podcast and my second podcast is I actually decided I was going to do it like a professional. I took a course, I did a whole bunch of different things and I operated in that way. And I tried to apply a business mindset to it. Whereas that first one, dude, if you Google it, the cover art is still out there, but it, it, it's oh, atrocious, yes. man. It, it's bad. And here's, here's the funny part, right? Like when you start like something new, you generally want to like, want to look out in the market and see what's there. So I didn't even look, I'm just like, I'm going to call it rock your life. And then I look in iTunes after I've already launched my show and I try to search for my own show and realize that somebody else already has that name. So what do I do? I get rid of Y and O and it becomes rock your life. Dude, that's just, it's so bad, but that's exactly how it went. Dude, <laughs> everything went wrong. You know what I mean? Like I said, it was just kind of like a ball of crap, man. <laughs> exactly. So what was the gap? How long did it take for you to start your next show, gear up and prepare for that? You took a course. What was the process like getting ready for that? So I quit doing that show. I started doing that show um, in April of 2015. And I did that for April, May, June. I kind of got really inconsistent. Not even really quit. I just faded out sometime in June and stopped paying my hosting, all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of the end of that. And I got married in September and I'm kind of like, all right, well, I'm, I'm doing okay at this friend's job, but like, what's the big picture here? Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to impact what I'm, you know, what am I going to create? And I had the idea in September, bought the course, the end of that month, worked on it all of September, setting up interviews, September and October. And by November 20th, I had launched the show. Awesome. Well, here's something I want to highlight here. You only stopped doing that show in April of 2015, less than four years ago yep. at this point. Mm -hmm. So what I'm highlighting here is the rapid growth and how much you can grow in such a short period of time and how much your assumptions and perspectives can change. Because probably at the time that you were doing that podcast, you probably thought it was really good. And you're like, why am I not getting the download? Oh, I did, man. I, it was really funny too, because like most of the episodes were, were done like the night before they released. And I just remember, like, I got in an argument with my wife one time. I'm like, but my fans, they need to hear me. And, blah, blah. and then she's like, you don't have fans. There's Because at that point in time, there was nobody listening. You know what I mean? It was just, it was this really funny thing. And I got really, like, I don't know. I got really ridiculous about it because I thought it was the most amazing thing. And I was just, like, seeing where it was going to go. And it just, like, it wasn't going to go anywhere, like, in that form, if you know what I mean. It just, in order to to do anything, it needed to evolve. Totally. That's great. Evolution, growing, getting better. That's what I suggest for people to do. Get better and see what happens. Continue every single day to learn and get better. So something I want to ask you, because it kind of hit me the other week or last week, actually, that I really need to take an initiative to get even better at interviewing. Like I got to put my money where my mouth is mm -hmm. And because it's called Growth Mindset University yeah. and about learning every day. And I got to put my money where my mouth is in terms of interviewing and just get better. Right. You know, I, I've definitely gotten better over, you know, if you listen to the first one, the first few, just terrible, terrible. But I keep them there to document the process. I'm curious as to how you have gotten better at interviewing over the course of almost four years. Well, I guess first and foremost, I just like started listening to people that were really good at interviewing and I, I don't want to sound offensive, but I didn't listen to a lot of podcasts to do that because I feel like a lot of 
a lot of podcasters, you know, we're newer or we haven't been interviewing that long or whatever. So I actually listen to a lot of journalists do that, like Larry King, people like that, and just kind of see how they do it. Because to me, that's really, really interesting. I also, you know, growing up, I always listened to to this guy that was on the radio for the longest time, Paul Harvey. So I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff like that to see, like, how do people interview that do it for a living? Like, that's they're journalists. That's all they do. So I tried to get that understanding. The other thing was just by doing it, man, like like just by repeatedly doing it, you actually gain the skill of interviewing. And, and I think that's the whole thing. Like it took me um, almost 200 episodes to really feel comfortable. And because I used to do this intense prep for every episode, like hours for every interview that I did. And now um, one of the things they do is they submit their bios. I do a little bit of background research, like 15 minutes, maybe just that I know like a few of the things I want to answer. I want to ask them um, and, you know, maybe some issues that are important to them. So I'll have some notes on it, but it's not as extensive as it was because it really comes down to holding a really great conversation with somebody and to really finding the format that works for you as well. Because we start on my show with a very open-ended format of, Hey, what's your story? And I tell them, Hey, you got five to seven minutes because when I didn't tell people that they'd go for 30 and I was bored and so was the audience. So you really, you, you leave that primer there. And when somebody tells your story, you look for gaps and you look for the things that are missing and you look for the connections you want to make and you look for the big aha moments and you're able to build off of that. And it's really interesting because you kind of build this ability of insight. Whereas when I first started the show, I'd come with a written list of 30, 40 questions and it would be like, where were you born? Okay, good. Next. And uh, what's your favorite color? Okay, good. And it was like this very, very intense, like, sure, I was doing interviews, but I feel like they, you know, they kind of wanted their Miranda rights there at some point. You, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was that bad. And, and I think that's, it's, it's really just doing it, man. Like it's doing more and more interviews. And I've heard Jordan Harbinger talk about this before where he said, you know, it took him 500 interviews to feel like he was really good at it. And it's just, that repetition, you kind of gain like a, a sixth sense that you know what to ask, when to ask it, how to guide somebody. Because um, I feel like a lot of new hosts, the thing that scares them the most is I ask you a question and you either give me some fluffy answer has nothing to do with what I just said or you don't answer it at all. And a lot of times a new host will just leave that. Whereas I'm like, I'll either ask the question again because the question wasn't answered or you find a new way to ask it so that you can kind of position it in, in a way that you'll get a response. And, and I think that's just one of those things that you learn the more and more and more you do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So much value in what you just said there for people wanting to start a podcast. And for me, now, I got to acknowledge you. I usually do this at the end of the interview, but I got to interject here because I love your humility and the ability to laugh at yourself <laughs> and, and thus learn from yourself, man. It's awesome. I really appreciate it. And I thank you for that. Hey, man, it's it's funny because I, I feel like people don't pick this up that much in, in my podcast. But in real life, I'm a wise ass. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So now what I'm curious about is how you've gone about landing your biggest guests. You've had people like Seth Godin and Grant Cardone on, which the Grant Cardone one I had mentioned to you. I was just listening to on 1.5 times speed so you guys sounded like lab rats on cocaine but <laughs> I like that, sound like that christmas on christmas christmas time yeah, anyway <laughs> it was a really good interview oh, man thank you it was incredible like there was a chemical response 
in me at some of the things that were being said, especially, of course, when Grant starts talking about the formal education being a scam yeah. part, because that's sort of my message part of it. But how have you gone about landing these guests? Well, I'll just say first and foremost with that interview, like, I don't know, I was kind of fanboying it up there, man. I just kind of teed him up with his exact talking points and we went for it. So I, I can't take too much credit for like an in-depth interview there, but it was fun. Um, and it was really cool since I'm just a huge Cardone fan. But in terms of like, how have I been able to do it? And one of the, the biggest things I've been able to do is really, first of all, consistently follow up with people because I think that's huge. Like, how do you do that. And the first thing I've done is create a spreadsheet. So I've run a spreadsheet for the last like three years and I've run that spreadsheet. You know, when was the last day to talk to them? What's the email? Who's the person to talk to? Because those things change over and over and over again. So, it, and it's kind of evolved, like how I've done it. Like first it started out with cold email. Like the very first thing was cold emailing, good subject lines using hunter.io, um, which was originally, um, the heck was it? Well, it was originally something else, um, email hunter. And so that was kind of the first thing I was doing was trying to get people that way. And consistently doing it, I got some big names and it was really cool. Um, but there was other things like Cardone, you know, I worked at a, I volunteered at a fundraiser he was going to be at, met him there. And that's how we got that interview because his, um, his assistant had been telling me no for like two years. So the way I got it was I personally meeting him and he was really cool. Super nice guy. Um, other ways are I've learned kind of the publicity game, which, cause that's a lot of what we do with our business. So it's, I've applied what we do in our business to my actual guest booking and you need to know who you're talking to, right? If you're going to book somebody, their assistant's good. Their publicist is good. Their manager's okay. You never want to talk to their speaking or agency because speaker agencies get paid to book people. So they're going to assume like, Hey, you either pay for this. Or we don't book speaker agencies are you know, the people that you don't want to talk to because they're going to say, all right, it's five grand to talk to my client. You're not paying their client five grand. You're a podcaster. Like a lot of us don't have money to do that. So it's really figuring out how to do that. And then also finding out different methods. Like there's contact any celebrity, which is actually decent for the number of people you can find on there. Um, I, I've had some luck with IMDb Pro. I've had some luck with Instagram direct messaging, where if, once you add somebody, you can message them. Um, haven't had a ton of responses there, but I did book some NFL players and stuff through using that. So you have to continually be evolving, but also be continually, you know, updating that spreadsheet because so many people will pitch somebody, get a no, and they don't realize, hey, it's a no, not right now. Or they give them a time to follow up and they never follow up on that time because they don't have it listed somewhere. It's, it's the simplicity of that and continually doing that every 30 to 60 days. And that's really what helps you get bigger names is consistency because you'll get the response. Um, like I did the other day. Hey, Mr. Stallone is not doing press right now. Well, Mr. Stallone's agent has told me that every single time I email her. Maybe eventually that'll change. Um, or I, I have uh, one of my favorite musicians is going to be coming on the show next week. Um, a, a guy named Andrew McMahon that used to be the lead singer for, for Jack's Mannequin. And they've been telling me no for two years. And they finally said, hey, you know what? Andrew's very excited to do this. He's got a new album coming out. Let's do it. So it's that consistency of knowing the right person to talk to. What are they doing or promoting at that time? And, you know, how can you work with them? Yeah, man, I, I got to say Hunter.io that you mentioned earlier is a great tool. And then that persistence is invaluable. I do that a lot, too. Or at least I've I've actually just started to do that in recent months. And it's been a game changer for me, mm -hmm. not just taking one no, but taking, you know, three or more. I know 
David Meltzer talks about his universal law of no. And, but, and he's coming on the show actually this week as well. I don't know when the episode will be out, but we're going to talk to him about that. Yeah, he does rock. So Jeremy, now what you, you've sort of highlighted it already with your previous podcast. Are there any other big no-nos with starting a podcast? Hmm. Um, don't start the show where you interview interesting entrepreneurs um, because it's been done and it's been done very well, but everybody's trying to copy that exact formula. So they try to do it. It doesn't stand out. It's not different. They're done by 20 episodes and it's over. So figure out what your differentiating characteristic is, figure out how you can help other people and really hammer that home. And also remember like how you're different. Highlight that as well. Like don't be who you're not. Because like I said, like John Lee Dumas did an amazing thing with Entrepreneur on Fire and it's incredible. And it's, he was first to the market. He did a great job with it, but there's so many people that are trying to copy that exact model. And when you're brand new, that's not a differentiating characteristic. Like maybe you can move towards that as your show grows, but that's not a place to start because the market was different when he did it. Um, And like I said, it's already been done. So you need to figure out how you're different because if you're not differentiating, you're promoting your market. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with that. Now your big thing is podcasting as a business. Mm-hmm. How did you turn your podcast today into a business? Well, it didn't start out the way that I expected it to like at all. Um, but it was first thing, first and foremost was just a mindset thing. Honestly, like I had said that early podcast I had, I was treating it like a hobby. Like I wasn't really showing up on time. I wasn't doing great content. And so first and foremost, I made the decision to do it like a professional. And I I feel like that's such a simple thing, but a lot of people don't do that. Now, what does that mean to be a professional? It means that you have good cover art, you have a good website, you have good graphic design, you have good show flow. That's important. Also, you have a content calendar, which means that your episodes are planned out into the future. You don't cancel on guests because you get a bad reputation for that kind of stuff. And you don't miss an episode. I haven't missed an episode in you know, almost four years now. So I think it's really, really important to hit those things. And then it's to learn other strategies. Like advertising doesn't have to be done the way that traditional model is. Like you can do a flat rate per episode. Like you can say to somebody, hey, my rate for an episode is 50 bucks. Well, you're better off making 50 bucks than $0 because the typical way the advertising industry does it is something called cost per thousand or CPM. And if you're not doing a thousand downloads an episode, you're making $0. So I'd rather make 25 or 50 bucks than zero dollars because you can scale up from that and you can invest that in traffic and do this all these different things but then the thing as well is making sure it's aligned to your business like does your podcast fit the vibe of and feed your business and i think that's the biggest thing not a lot of people are realizing because they may have a guest booked and it's a great guest but they get an opportunity in their business and they cancel the interview so you need to figure out how your schedule works so that you don't miss those things because that is how you grow both things and make sure they work together. Your podcast should be a part of your business, not a thing outside of it. And, and I think that's really the thing a lot of people are missing. Awesome, Jeremy. There's so much here for people to start a podcast. There's literally no excuse not to. I mean, you've got everything you need, everything you need to know here. So now I want to flip the coin, though. On the other side of it, appearing as a guest on other podcasts, why is that? critically important because you have a business called command your brand is the website commandyourbrand.com dot media dot media okay commandyourbrand.media and it's centered around 
creating celebrity by getting people and building influence by getting clients, your clients on other people's podcasts. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important? Because here's the thing, like if I want to get my podcast or my business to grow, let's just say first and foremost, your podcast, let's say if you want to grow your podcast, if you're going and trying to do traditional advertising, do all these other different things, you're trying to convince people, number one, what a podcast is. Number two, they have to go find it. Number three, they have to listen. That's a lot of decisions to make. Whereas if you're just, if you appearing on podcasts, you're saying, hey, you already listened to this medium, check out what I'm doing. And that's going to actually help grow your show because you're already listening to people that are in your target market. And I think that's first and foremost, if you're looking to grow your show, that's a great way to do it. But also if you're looking to really um, just kind of grab new people that are interested in your business or your company or whatever, um, the biggest thing that you should be taking a look at there is getting on podcasts as well. And that's because of what's available to you. 80% of all listeners listen to podcasts on an audio only device. And video is awesome and it's growing, but audio is still pretty solid. So the thing you need to think about is actually the mind share you're getting. Because when somebody's driving, they can listen to a podcast. They can't watch a video or they're going to hit a tree. Um, when somebody's working, they can listen to a podcast. When somebody's working out, they can listen to a podcast. So you're getting accessibility of people's time, whereas you wouldn't typically have that. And you're also getting a really interesting like influencer marketing type effect. Because a lot of times hosts, the more people they interview, the more their show grows, they're seen as an influencer. So you're actually borrowing their platform and their influence to grow your own. And, and I think it's a really cool way to shortcut really building that influence or getting in front of new people because there's just so many people flocking to this medium. Agreed. Okay. So that's the why. Mm -hmm. Now the how. Yeah. How do you go about reaching out to these people, making moves? Mm -hmm. Now a lot of, I will put this out there. A lot of people will reach out to me and I've said this before and they just don't have all their ducks in a row. They don't have a clean brand. They're not really actually doing anything. And it's like, you know, it's like, what do you want me to do, man? Look at my other guests. What do you, I, I can't do anything for you. Sorry. I, I hate being um, in that situation too. Cause you feel like a jerk and you're like, I don't want to be mean. <laughs> I know, man. Feel that. So how, what is the right way mm -hmm. to go about appearing on another podcast? Well, it's, it's also too like understanding where you are in your business journey and realizing there's different levels of podcasts. Like when you're brand new, you shouldn't approach somebody that's got you know, over a hundred episodes and, you know, a hundred reviews or something like that. Like you should be approaching people that have 20 episodes or less. They have like, you know, 50 or less reviews. That's kind of a good place to start and kind of climbing up that ladder. It's just like any other type of press. Um, also, like you said, like having your ducks in a row, man, like being differentiating, like having something differentiating about your business. And if you're just the same as everybody else, then nobody's going to want to talk to you. There needs to be something particularly different about what you do and need to be able to position that. Number three is also telling great stories. Like you need to be able to, the, the way that I find very effective when you're going to pitch a host is actually connecting to them on the level of story. Hey, this is why, this is the adversity I've been through in my life. This is what I've achieved. This is what I'm doing now. And this is how I can help your audience with that. Because I think too many times, um, the one of, one of the things people I ask people when they felt the application for my show is, how would you being on the show benefit my audience? And the worst response I ever received was for them to buy my book. That's a really bad viewpoint. And you need to realize when you're pitching a show like and you're talking to a host, there's 
it, it's known you're probably promoting something, you're probably pitching something. That's just how the medium works. But you have to realize what's in it for the audience and what can you help them with. And, and I, that's the viewpoint you really need to come to them with because the podcast is a learning medium. And it's really how can you enrich the audience and that's actually how you're going to get yourself booked. Definitely, man. So we've got the why, we've got the how, and now I want to take it even a step further. And I think this is a critically important step in something that I think about a lot, something that I've almost gone so far as to write out on a note card, as far as crafting a compelling, memorable message, powerful call to action, and making sure that the interviews that you do leave an impact Mm -hmm. when you're interviewed on other people's shows. How do you go about doing that? Because a lot of times, you know, I will be honest, I just, I just wing it. Like I kind of roughly like know my message. Like I, I know my message, but I feel like there's so much room for my own improvement. And I think a lot of people miss this point as well. Crafting that memorable message. How do you do that? Well, I, there's three components to it, first of all. And, and we've actually, you may not, may or may not have noticed it, but we went through them in the show and that's story message and call to action. Your personal story lines up to your brand message, which lines up to your call to action, which is the action you want to take. And I always, we always have our people um, and we have people that I teach start backwards. Like, where do you want people to end up? Like, where do you want them to finish? Because a lot of times they'll say, great, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can I find you? And they start listing out their Facebook and their Twitter and their website and their this and their that. And it's really, really confusing because that's a lot of places because people are usually just listening to you. So we have them usually work from the end. Like, what are you going to give away that's going to make people interested in what you just talked about? So we work it backwards to then what are you going to teach? And these are the the three to five teachable methods that you can give away everything you know about them because you're the expert for 30 to 40 minutes. You need to show up that way and really make it so people, whether they buy from you or not, feel like you are a person of value. And you also need to be able to tell that through different lenses because in different story, different shows you're on are going to want different things. And then also your personal story because it connects with people on an emotional level and it also gives you permission for what you're going to teach. So personal story lines up to brand message or what you're going to teach, which lines up to call to action. You get all three of those things lined up. You can really nail an interview. And here's the thing. Are they going to be in the same order on every interview? No. Are they going to be the same format in every interview? But however you go through that interview, hit those three components and, and you know, you know really put focus on them and send people to one place. Don't send them to eight because it's really confusing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gotcha. So Jeremy, is there anything else that you would like to put out into the podcasting world on your expertise on podcasting? Is there anything that you've not said that is critically important? Absolutely. And that's what you're doing with your content. I feel like a lot of times people post a link somewhere and that's the end of it. Like you need to find out what works for each social media platform, you know, be it long form written content, be it video, be it, you know, your email list, whatever it is, but you need to promote your own content and really figure out what's going to work for you. And I think a lot of people don't spend a lot of time promoting it to their own audience. They just want to be effect of either what the guest is going to do or what, or the, what the show they're going to be on is going to do. So you need to really fight, figure out how you can be effective with the content you're creating and effect of the content you're creating. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you mentioned about posting to all the platforms, and I think it's really important to craft a, it, to make an individual post for each platform. Mm-hmm. A lot of people try to pass an Instagram post or a Facebook post as a LinkedIn post. And it's so glaringly obvious. It'll have like the ats, the at symbol oh, in there. Bad, and, it just, and it just on LinkedIn and it just doesn't work, man. 
Yeah, like weird, man. Well, and here's the thing too that I that I've actually found I, I found in experimenting, Jordan, that like um, though it's like really cool to like save some time by posting to those apps sometimes the algorithms can actually knock those down if they're not posted directly to the social media platform too definitely oh yeah i mean dude it goes back to just getting what you give get what you give so jeremy now people can find you at commandyourbrand.media mm -hmm. jeremyryanslate.com that's correct yeah and then your twitter is i'm at jeremyryanslate on all platforms at Jeremy Ryan Slate, is there anywhere else wh where people who want to learn more about your message and podcasting as a whole, where would they go? Well, if they're looking to grow their brand by being a guest on Top Rated Podcast, we actually put together an awesome worksheet for them that can, they can really put together this whole process we've just talked about really in the second half of this interview. And that's over at commandyourbrand.media slash checklist. Okay, awesome. I'm going to put that in the show notes of this episode and so jeremy of course i acknowledged you in the middle for your humility and your ability to laugh at yourself and learn from yourself but i also want to acknowledge you on your expertise expertise and you're just a fun guy man you're having fun with it you're fun to talk to you're having fun with the work you do and i think you're doing a fantastic service for the world simply by having fun showing people that there's fun to be had in your work, man. I love the energy and enthusiasm. So Jeremy Ryan Slate, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. So my final question is, if you were to teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? I'd like to teach a course in interviewing because I feel like it's something that I continually keep learning more and more about and I'm something I'm always striving to get better at because I do think it's a skill. I, I do think you can give two people with the same level of the preparation or give, you know, one person that has interviewing chops, you can give them no preparation. They can get their way through it. And then I think that's the real difference. So if I was to teach something, it would be that. Amazing. I would sign up for that course in a heartbeat, man. I wish they were teaching that. I wish you were teaching that at my school, man. Jeremy Ryan Slate, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, that's Jeremy Ryan Slate. Now, stay tuned after this closing message for a clip from our next episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, make every day count. Live to learn and grow to give. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show, Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then just hit that fifth star, and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine it means the absolute world to me when people do this i would be eternally grateful if you do that we're pushing 100 ratings right now and it's really making a difference for this show and of course if you've not already subscribed to the show just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode i know you're not going to want to miss it and you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, 
Go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right, I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give. Stay tuned for a clip from our next interview. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor today, Anchor. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every single one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it is 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing so, then go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. And now back to the show. Losing everything is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. But the most difficult, challenging point of that was when I had to not only tell Lee Steinberg, uh, who at the time I was CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world, that I had lost everything. And he had uh, marketed me and PR'd me as, you know, the Midas touch, the unbelievably successful CEO. But more importantly, I had to go to my mom and not only tell her uh, that I had lost everything and gone bankrupt, but, you know, the only reason I even wanted to be rich when I was five years old, my own pursuit, passion and purpose was to buy my mom a house and a car. And I had to tell her that I had lost uh, her house along with my own house. So, you know, besides my family knowing that I lost everything, my business knowing I lost everything, I actually lost my mom's house as well. That was the most challenging, difficult time of the entire process, which ended up to be the best thing that has ever happened to me.